Welcome to History 21, the podcast, a production of the Anoka County Historical Society, sharing the stories and audio journeys from our county's past and present. Hey everyone, it's Rebecca. Thank you so much for being a listener to History 21, the podcast. As we wrap up our second year of producing the show, we'd like to remind you this programming content is provided free through the generous support of our donors. In order for us to keep up the quality content you've come to love, please consider making a year-end gift to the Anoka County Historical Society. Your donation will ensure future generations have access to the stories of our county and the ability to understand the world they live in. Remember, the present is the past of the future. Morning, Sarah. Hello, hello, Rebecca. How are you? I'm all right. I have a very serious question for you. Oh, dear. I didn't do it. Are you a parade person? No. I'm not really either. I felt guilty there for a second. Like, maybe I should have thought about it longer. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever gone to a parade? I was in them. In high school, I had my clarinet and my sawed-off gloves and marched around very hot-like. Orchestra. By design, we don't do that. Although it would be hilarious if you did put a rollerblade or something on the bottom of your cello and just... No. (laughs) That's why I play the cello. You always need to give me a chair. Uh, That's my motto, in fact. Uh, They can never make me stand. (laughs) Otherwise, you would be playing the bass. Exactly. And we don't want that. I'm sorry, bassists. But uh, our episode today is all about parades. That was an amazing segue. Almost like I thought about this. They are specifically about the Anoka Halloween parades. It's that time of year, isn't it? It is. I <laughs> was in them as a small child and uh, helped out a little bit later. And they're such a big part of the Anoka Halloween experience, but not a lot of people know everything that goes into putting on a parade. It just happens magically for them. I understand that you found someone behind the magic, though. People may not know, but uh, Liz McFarland has been the behind the scenes magic of the Anoka Halloween parades for many, many years. And... uh, has come to spill some tea on what it's like. Well, let us wait no longer. Should we dive in? Jump into it. The parades are an essential part of Anoka Halloween. It's what people think of at the end of two months of celebrating or a year of anticipating, right? So how many years total did you spend organizing the Halloween parade? So I was trying to think of that because um, many people ask ask that of me, and I never really know how to answer. Isn't that terrible? My husband and I were asked um, as a couple to do it, and I feel as though it was 2007 when we started um, working on the parade. Uh, 2018, I stepped away. Um, and four guys took it over and then this year 20 well 2021 excuse me 2021 um, I stepped back into that role after um, 
four guys didn't want to do it anymore. So I did it this year. So I kind of have a broken history there. But so 2007 to 18 and then 2021 fill in. Wow, that is a long run. You know, it is, but can I share? Yeah. Uh, Ron and Pat Ward, who live in Anoka, they did the parades for 25 years. Okay. So that was the first couple. The second couple that I'm aware of is Maria and Tom Jensen. They did it for 10 years. And then Jeremy, my husband, and I did it for, what is that, 11 years plus then I did one. So really think about that. Three couples did the parade, which is a 100-year tradition, did the parade for 47 years. I mean, I find that just absolutely astounding. It's like when you move into a, a house with history in it. You, you're counting the generations of time and the families that sort of grew into it together. Yeah, and great resources, right? Because they did it for so long. And so when you take a break from something, at least for me, it was time to reflect on why do we have these parades? What is the purpose? Going back to what you want to bring to it and having almost a clean slate to start again. I agree. Did, did you grow up going to the parade? Yes. So I, so this is the funny part. My husband and I both marched in the parade, you know, the kitty parade. So yeah, we yeah. were both part of that. Oh, me too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, isn't that awesome? And then, uh, we both were in marching band. So we marched in Anoka high school. Um, we marched as band people. So we had kind of both different experiences. We had the kitty level in your costume, and then we got to do the marching band part of it. I watched the parade as a kid on Saturdays. Um, I grew up on Van Buren Street, so we would walk to the corner, basically, of Fifth and Main and watch the parade. And, and you know, everybody's like, oh, didn't you get tons of candy when you were a kid? And I don't remember the candy part at all. I think maybe we got a couple pieces of candy. But for us, it was the clowns. It was the music for sure. We just always thought that was so awesome. Um, and just the costume part of it, just being goofy. And always, always praying and hoping that the weather would be good so that you could last the parade. <laughs> so that was, you know, as a kid, we sat there. I don't remember my parents going. I feel like it was just my sister and I going and maybe the neighbor brought us or something. But I, I always remember sitting there and just being in awe of clowns. I don't know, I loved clowns. And a little bit of kid independence that I can go to this thing and watch it. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that true? Because I suppose kids can't really do much on their own anymore. We could walk and, and watch the parades. And then... So then my husband and I got married. We're high school sweethearts. We got married. But his, his family history was that they watched the parade on 2nd in Maine because his grandmother lived down by the river. Um, the house isn't there anymore. But they would walk up and sit and watch the parade and then go back to his grandma's house for, I don't know, chili, sloppy joes, whatever. So isn't that kind of fun? how we both experienced the parade as kids, kind of the same way in a parallel 
world. But you had your parade territory. Yes, and so you we never did. got to overlap. Isn't that great? And you had your parade territory. That is so awesome you said that. There's just a lot of parade. I don't know if everyone realizes that Anoka parades are plural. We have multiple. Do you want to describe how many parades? What what do we have? So we have three parades. Um, the most traditional, um, I feel, is the Kitty Parade, right? And so that's the local school children <clears throat> that are invited by Anoka Halloween to participate in the parade. Um, and then we have the Night Parade, which we had in the past, and then it was brought forward, I believe, in like 04, 05. They, they, it went away. And then it came back. Um, and that started off really, really small. I remember actually going to that parade at night going, oh my gosh, that's such a great idea. And then we have the day parade. So there are three parades, very different from each other. Um, experiences are still the same family-friendly fun. How did it come about that you started and were taking over from your predecessor? Okay, so that's interesting. My husband works at the Chevy dealership in, here in town. And he, so he knows many, 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 many people. And at the time, we lived in Isanti. We had we had moved from here to Isanti for just a, a short sprint. And he came home one night from work, and he's like, you know, it's just this crazy question. Ron Nordine asked me if we would be... Um, chairpersons of the par Halloween parade and my husband said I just told him no we're not interested and I looked at him and I said we are absolutely interested in that please go back and tell him we would like to learn more information um, I don't know why I didn't get how big of a job the parade was and everybody else around me did I guess I wasn't thinking three parades right I was just thinking the grand day parade um, in my mind, and my husband just looked at me, he said, you are nuts, you have no idea how much work that's going to be, and I looked at, I was like, I, no, I don't, I don't know how much work that is, so Ron Nordine um, invited us to a Halloween meeting, and I think at the table, there were like 10 people, right, it was a small meet, we met at City Hall, in the community room. I walked in, nobody knew who I was, and I will never forget everybody just staring at me like, who is this chick? So I walked in and introduced myself, and they were surprised I was the new preacher. Jeremy does a lot of background work. He's my awesome assistant, but I ended up being kind of the face of the main contacts for it. Describe those first years. Like, what, how did it go running it? What went right? What went wrong? Yeah. So when I took it over, there was no email. There wasn't social media, right? We didn't, I didn't even have a computer when I took it over. It wasn't necessary. Anoka Area Chamber, Pete and Tammy, um, they were a key component to Anoka Halloween. So we didn't have necessarily our own, we don't have an address, right? We're a nonprofit. Now we have our own P.O. box, but we didn't have a phone number. And so people would call into the chamber and leave a message. 
I would go into the chamber, pick up the slips, little pieces of paper. There's a little area I picked up all the papers. I would go home. I'd call people, right? So people have to kind of think about one-on-one -on -one conversations. They're very different from an email. It's very different when you have to tell somebody on the phone, I'm sorry you missed the deadline. I can't allow you into the parade. We're full, right? There, there are maximums for these parades. We can only allow so many things um, due to time and space, right? Our, our setup areas can only handle so much. Mostly people experience the parade by going to it. They don't realize that there's all of this back work that goes into how it actually runs right. on a day. Describe what, what you need to think about in order to put on just one parade. What, what are the boxes you have to check? What are the things that you have to gather and prepare? So um, interestingly enough, we're handing over the parade to um, a new volunteer, which is exciting. So we, I went through the month-to-month -month list, and I don't think people really realize April is when we start planning the parade, right? This is a volunteer organization. You have to weave it through your life and your full-time jobs. And so month to month to month, there are boxes to check. So in April, um, the schools get notified and asked if they would like to have their marching bands in the parade. Uh, they're also followed up again in September. We always have our applications available online, but you have to coordinate with the website person to do that. You know, our, our applications are August through September. You need to get to the mailbox every day. You need to check that. You need to put um, yeses or nos and be confident in why somebody can or cannot participate. You need to look at the numbers. You need to have meetings with the police department, fire department, city workers. We need to make sure we're all on the same page that the blocks, the, you know, the porta potties, right? The garbages. Things that you don't think about, but you notice when they're not there. Uh, isn't that the truth? <laughs> isn't that the truth? And you try not to move too much because as people come back um, year after year, they're used to seeing a certain layout. And so you have these key components that you just really have to intricately work with. You know, as a parade chair, you have several people under you or you work with, I should say. So you have a marching band chairperson. You have a vendor chairperson. You have uh, the sponsor chair who coordinates the garbages that we usually get donated by ACE. So the city needs to know how many garbages we're going to have, where they're going to be dropped off at, who's going to pick them up. All these kinds of things uh, that I don't want to bore listeners with. <laughs> However, um, it's, it's definitely chess playing and it's, it's being on top of things always because at the end of the day, our customer is the, the people who come and our spectators, right? And we want to give them the best show. Also, the participants we couldn't do without. So you really have to balance both of those uh, persons. And it's two totally different worlds that you're managing. It's, it's fun and you meet lots of great people uh, great volunteers, wonderful workers. And Halloween, for some reason, just brings some kind of special magic to the town. You said there's also uh, limits on how many of a certain thing can be in the parade. 
Like, how many marching bands? Right. So we, you know, 15 really seems to be the fun number. Um, I've never gone past that, and I don't know what that feels like. Also, units, I'm not really sure. We always balance that number because units um, can come, and when I'm saying units, I'm talking about floats, right? Floats are space. How long is your van? How long is your trailer? Those things uh, physically have to fit in Sorensen Park and the surrounding areas. So you literally look at how many can we squeeze into that area without sending the fire department over the edge because they help us by putting them, coordinating them in that staging area. I never thought about physical space. Physical. It's a physical space thing. And then you always have your um, traditional dignitaries that you have to make sure you have space for. And the Kitty Parade is a traditional lineup. So that never changes. It's, you know, an invitational parade. So we always will have the same amount of schools and marching bands. You have to strategically move them around from year to year. So not every year somebody's first and somebody is last every year. However, some of the outlying schools like Wilson, you have to make sure has to be at the beginning because they have to bus their kids from here to there. That it's was a timing. Me. Yeah, it's a timing thing, right? So you get done with school at a certain time. So you're speaking to the principal every year or secretary. What time does your school get out? What time do your buses have to leave? I love what we're talking about, Wilson. Like, it's so far away it's from downtown. It's super far away. <laughs> it's three miles. Yeah, three miles. I know. <laughs> I mean, think about that, though. Who would have ever thought, as a parade chair, that you have a principal and a secretary going, hey, we need to have our school kids back. I mean, they're on a time crunch, too. So it's those weird things that you're like, yes, that makes complete sense. No wonder you have to be towards the beginning of the parade, right? They're hustling it to there. Three miles is crazy long, right? I don't know if I do anything past my three-block radius. But um, so, you know, it's a big job. I found it easy. If you stay to the check boxes, the checklist... All right, so here's the thing. You wake up. Mm -hmm. It is the last Saturday in October. Ugh. It's the day of the parade. What does that day look like for you as the person that's organizing it? Okay, all? so you're putting me there right now. I can feel my heart disgracing. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like, it's not even that day, and I already have anxiety. Like, because you want everything to be as planned but you have to be open to it not working out. So what that kind of looks like, um, I've prepared the night before getting the truck loaded with, you know, the jackets, the radios, the snacks, our books, our layout books, you know, my permits, all that kind of stuff. I'm driving to line up probably 8.30 in the morning. I'm getting my volunteers that I've strategically placed there already to go pick up golf carts at Greenhaven, right? You're getting that all lined up. You're getting vehicles from Mauer, Maine, who is awesome at donating for our dignitaries to sit in. So your dignitaries are city council, your medallion winner, your contest winners. They all go on the back of a vehicle so we can showcase them. You're 
<clears throat> talking to your driver volunteer to make sure that all the drivers got contacted, right? They're, they're all in place. Who's not going to show up? Who's going to be there? You're going to your sponsor tent, making sure that the sponsor chair has got that set up and our sponsors um, are ready to be lined up. They have all their treats, their whatever she's planned or he's planned. And you're getting the lay of the land and starting to see the floats starting to come in. And then you talk to the fire department with any changes that have occurred. So you make sure that your book is up to date. And then you sit and watch everything fill in. You walk around, say thank you to people, make sure that everybody's got what they need. You know, and you have to have everybody in their vehicles by quarter to one. So you're now making sure everybody's in their vehicles, the drivers are found, people are in the right spots. And then by quarter to one, I'm kind of done. It gets really hairy um, when they start closing the roads down uh, because people, if they don't make it in, they don't make it in. And so you want to make sure your participants understand that. When we close the roads, they're done. Then you go to the front of the line and you wait for Grey Ghost to go. Grey Ghost is a 5K race. Yes. Uh, shotgun goes off for Grey Ghost to start. You watch all those runners take off. And then uh, we've had the honor of Federal donating our flyover for the last, oh my gosh, has it been maybe 10 years that they've done that? It's just been an amazing feature of our parade um, that the planes fly over. And so parade starts at one o'clock. I usually or have in the past held it for a couple minutes so that the plate parades or excuse me, the planes can fly and I can take a moment to like actually enjoy them. And then boom, we're off and running. I helped with the parade a few years when you were running it and being there at the headquarters mm. where things are all sort of organizing, it feels like this overturned anthill. All of these people that somehow know where they're supposed to be, but are constantly moving. I, I agree. That's a good way of putting it. Um, and you want people there early, right? Because you know at like 1130, it just, the roads are done, right? And nobody can get in. Plus, I do have that meeting I forgot. Um, you know, we have a lot of volunteers who show up to help us. I call them the parade marshals, kind of helping with the candy being thrown, help with people staying back, crowd control, um, kind of the eyes and ears of an emergency for the police department so that if something did happen, we could react quickly and swiftly. Um, and you couldn't do it without those persons walking up and down kind of the parade route. But at one o'clock, it's... It's, I mean, it's over with, right? It's done. It is what it is. Nobody knows if people are in order or not, just me, <laughs> right? That's the fun part. I used to get so hot and bothered when I first started, like nobody was in order. Nobody knew that except me and QCTV, right? We were the only persons that didn't know who was in order. So I really had to let that go because you will never ever have a parade that's in order, ever. 
I, I've never seen it. I've, me personally, I've never seen it. You're organizing it for so long that it's hard on the day to be like, okay, now I set up the framework, whatever variation it's going to be. Yeah, it is what it is. The hard part with it is you can't have, so here's a geeky thing. Most people probably don't really realize this, but if a float has music and it's super loud, you can't really have a marching band with that or horses, right? So a lot of the things that you think about is, you know, does this float have music? It doesn't? Perfect. Let's put a marching band with it, right? So you don't have people competing with each other, blaring music, and then you've lost the experience for both entities. Or horses and dogs, we have lots of them in the parade typically. You can't have dogs and and horses next to marching bands and blaring music. It's not a good experience for both parties. So those kinds of things you hope um, don't happen. And gaps, you know, that's the other thing. We work on gaps all the time. You know, making sure we keep a close, uh, tight-fitting parade. But those gaps, oh my gosh. The bane of your existence. They, they are so, oh, I just, that's a whole nother conversation. What are the standout stories in your your brain from standout stories you know this is the first year I actually got to drive through the parade um and to see the crowds was unbelievable like you I always knew the crowds were big but to physically see them was cool that was really really cool and I should maybe explain typically as a chairperson you never get to participate in the parade. So you're always working throughout the whole entire thing. And that was kind of one of my funny moments when I was taking it over. I ran the Grey Ghost 5K for probably 10 years before I took over the parades. And so I thought I was going to be able to still run the 10K or 5K and do the parades at the same time. Oh, so, Bless your heart. I, wasn't that isn't that the stupidest person? I mean, seriously, what a dummy! But I didn't. You don't know what you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I'll just organize this parade, and then it just happens on its own, right? It just takes care of itself. But oh my gosh, what a ding dong! Um, so that was kind of maybe a hard thing to learn. Was I no longer could be that participant that I had experienced my whole entire life. So that's kind of an adult moment when you're like, oh, I now have to be the adult here and help facilitate this uh, circus and not be able to sit and enjoy like others. So that that's a learning moment. And the reason I got to ride in the parade for 2021 was um, I was the president that year. So I rode in the parade um, and got to watch it. Nobody wants to be here for a three, four hour parade, including me, right? I mean, at some point we're just, we need to be done. You can only have so much attention span. <laughs> I, I agree, right? And you're standing probably for most of it. 
you know, and you have to go to the bathroom, you want to go home, you want to eat, you want to party, you want to have your own, whatever. So I really broke that thing down into understanding what walking groups do to the parade, what dog groups do the parade, what marching bands do to the parade, what floats do to the parade, what single cars do to the parade. Like really understanding how much can I put into one parade and make it as efficient and effective as possible. I mean, I've had huge errors too. I've tried to do the parade on both sides when they ran that. The median now down uh, Main Street is, sorry, city of Anoka, but it's horrible. That wrecked, in my mind, wrecked the parade because now you have to run it on one side and the other side doesn't necessarily get to see what they used to see. So I tried to run the parade on both sides. That was a huge mistake, huge error. But we didn't know until we tried something that that was awful. But I'm glad we tried it. It didn't work. So then everybody could understand. Now, parade's all done. How are you feeling? I'm ecstatic. So I traditionally have done, um, when the fire trucks start, so each of our parades, the fire trucks uh, put their sirens on to signal that it's the end of the parade. And I've typically done, um, I take my walkie-talkie that I have, and, you know, 10, 12 volunteers have walkie-talkies as well. And I hold that walkie-talkie down and blare the sirens <laughs> so that everybody knows it's the end of the parade for them as well. Because now the end of the parade takes probably 20 to 25 minutes from start to end. So that last unit goes out, it takes some 20 minutes to get from the Legion to Fredmore High School. So the parade really does not finish for me um, until that fire truck is at Fredmore. All the volunteers come in, you're getting all the golf carts in, and you're trying to expedited as fast as possible because now the police really want to get the roads open, right? We've closed the roads for three hours. Let's get those things open, especially, you know, Ferry Street. It's a huge intersection. 169. Yeah, yeah it's huge. The end of the parade is probably uh, a condensed version of the beginning of the parade. I feel like I'm doing all this work in a shorter amount of time. And it goes by so fast. I think I get probably five minutes to breathe before I hit the ground running and start cleaning up everything. It's, it's a whirlwind, huge whirlwind. I think the end is more exhausting than the beginning. And you're, and you're out of energy, right? Or at least I am. Things Maybe by 4 o'clock you can finally go... I'm going to have a beer at the Legion, right? Oh, I fell into that trap when I helped you the first year I did. Okay, so I really don't. I'm not a huge breakfast person, but I yeah. had a little something. But yeah. I got there early to help you. But yeah. in helping, you don't have time to, like, sneak no. away to get food. No. I don't eat. think I peed in 10 years during the parade, right? <laughs> You, you pee once, and then you get no food or water for probably, well, for me, six to seven hours. I mean, you're just it running. It crosses lunch. Uh, yep. I, I stole some, like, Pearson's, like, nut candy, it, so I had yep. a little Snack. peanut protein. Yeah. It's the superior candy because 
it fools you into thinking that you're <laughs> eating yeah. some protein. Yeah. And uh, parade was all done. You didn't need anything else for me at that moment. And I went into the Legion and I was like, I need something that sniffs of being good for me. Yeah. So I ordered a screwdriver with oh, orange juice. and Wonderful. A little hydration, and, right? Orange juice and a little extra. Well, yeah. And the way that I make them, I was like orange juice yeah, and, and a splash. splash. The no, proportions no, no, no. are reversed. Yes. At the uh, yeah. Legion. So uh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> you don't want to share any more of that story. Is that what I, you're saying? <laughs> I sat in, it was one drink and I yeah. sat in my car and I was like, Wow. I live three miles away. I can do this. I'll just sit here for a second. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's it's crazy how you don't realize you're done and you're like, I'm going to have a beer. I'm going to sit down and relax for a minute, right? Because we all want to get together and go, yay, we did it. Celebration. We're done. And I used to give out like a drink ticket. I'd give them from the Legion and give everybody one beer or whatever. But I probably should have gave out sandwiches because... <laughs> I mean, duh, we have, and like, everybody's running to the bathroom because you're like, I finally get to pee now. Sorry, audience, that you get to hear that. But I mean, you're on your feet, you're doing what you got to do, and it's a long day. And it's, it's good that we have the volunteers that we have that are tenacious, right, and can deal with that. And that's kind of almost the qualification that day. Like, I, you have to be on your feet for a long period of time. You have to be out in the elements. Are you able to, you know, speak to the spectators politely and firmly? I know people still think the city puts on the parades. The city doesn't put on the parades. They help partner with us and get us ready for a parade. But the organizational aspect of it is still a nonprofit organization that huddles around a table once a month and and puts on a spectacular um event for free I mean all of the events are basically free for people who does that not a lot of organizations and so um, volunteering a short time a little time is honestly I think the greatest gift you can give any organization because you have no idea how much it helps the person who's organizing it because they can't be somewhere everywhere all the time and they need to be able to form trust with um, their their minions, right? We're all in it together and we're all there to help and to put on event. But I don't think people really realize how awesome that thing is until, like you said, you show up, you put the orange jacket on and you hit the pavement and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a big deal. It's a big deal. We're so lucky to have it. My legs got in such a workout. <laughs> you had a good workout that day. Yeah, if you want a good workout, come volunteer. Maybe that's what the ask should be. Here's your fitness uh, fitness goal for one day. You'll get your steps in, no problem. Well, this year, the Grand Day Parade is on October 29th. So yes. We are all wishing for perfect weather. Always. Happy Halloween. Thank you so much, Liz, for coming and just chatting about the parades. And uh, it's going to be beautiful this year. It's going to be awesome. Thanks, Sarah. Mm -hmm. Read all about it in the Noka County Library Minute. 
Hello, I'm Lydia Potoff, an adult services librarian at Anoka County Library, and this is your Library Minute. First up, we have Anoka Halloween 100th Anniversary, 1920 to 2020 by John T. Jost, the definitive resource on all things Anoka Halloween. This book is loaded with information about the history of the festival, photos, and reminiscences of those who have participated over the years. This is the book for everyone who wants to experience this special event. Next, we have Lady of Bones by Carolyn Haynes. In this cozy mystery, private investigator Delaney searches for a missing reporter from New Orleans. It's Halloween season in the South, and the search leads to secret spooky underworlds and creepy characters. This title is perfect for October. From teens to younger children, we have How to Build Hair-Raising Haunted Houses by Megan Cooley-Peterson. Using things around the house, build a scary, fun haunted house to decorate your own home. Next, we have a binge box, Disney's Halloween Spooktacular, a collection of DVDs all gathered into one binge box for a ready-made film festival. You can watch Hocus Pocus, The Haunted Mansion, Halloween Town, Halloween Town 2, Frank and Weenie, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, and The Watcher in the Woods. Finally, we have The Little Black Book of Project Management by Michael Tomset. With the third edition of this classic text on project management, learn the skills, techniques, and tips that are used to pull off projects like coordinating three Anoka Halloween parades a year. I wish you all frightfully fun reading and watching this Halloween season. Get those library cards and reserve your copy today. Direct links to these books and more can be found in the episode show notes at anocacountyhistory.org. Minnesota's 24 online giveathon, Give to the Max Day, is coming up on November 18th. Visit givemn.org and give back to the nonprofits and schools you care about most. I had such a fun time sitting down with Liz. We made sure to record our conversation all the way back in March so that she had a little break coming off of last year's parade and it was before she needed to start prepping anything for this year's because I knew if we tried to record this in October, she would laugh in my face. That puts her content, her comment of my heart rate just increased in really good context. So we've had this one in the bag for many, many months. <laughs> we work ahead in history, people. Try to, try. And if you want to enjoy the Anoka parades and know a little bit more about what's going on in the background now, the Light Up the Night Parade is October 22nd. So you can come to the parade and then stay for the Anoka bonfire. And then the next parade is the big parade of little people in the afternoon. See all the kitties, uh, kids, not kitties. Uh, see all no, the costumes. Kitties would be fun. <laughs> we are cat obsessed. <laughs> see their costumes on October 28th. And then the grand day is October 29th. There is the Grey Ghost Run before the parade. And then in the evening, there's the coronation for the Anoka Ambassadors. So big day. And we're also running ghost tours still through there. Exactly. 
all of the evenings, except for the light up the night parade. It's very difficult to have evening ghost tours and the parade going on at the same time. I made that mistake once. It was not pretty. And so that's why we have afternoon ghost tours that day. Yeah, so check the ticket availability. They're selling out quickly. Interested in ghost tours? AnokaCountyHistory.org has all of the information. And if you want more information on the parades or other Anoka Halloween events, AnokaHalloween.com. It sounds like we're going to be busy for the next couple weeks, and we hope everyone enjoys Halloween, stops in to see us at the museum, and has a fun and safe holiday. See ya! If you have a question, want to visit our show notes page for each episode, or would like to share your own story, go to anokacountyhistory.org. Help History 21, the podcast, reach more ears by subscribing and reviewing on your podcast provider. We're all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all those who scroll by. And for our Vault members, you can find special access to podcast extras as well as the latest digital resources at History 21 The Vault, located on our website. Remember, the present is the past of the future. <laughs>